0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: In this podcast, we'll talk about our win at the FCA's Borough's defeat to Bristol City, news from the week, and we'll also preview Preston North End. You are listening to the third best podcast in the Football League, and this is all your Borough Match Day chatter in a pod.
2: ...support. Curtis Fleming is down the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy, hits the track!
3: Goal! Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson!
1: Hello and welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast. Borough returned from the international break with a defeat against Bristol City and we will get on to that. But before we do, we do have a little matter of a football content award to talk about and we'd like to indulge in the moment for a split second. Um, In case you don't already know, myself, Matt, Johnny and Johnny's girlfriend, Alice, all ventured over to Anfield, which is arguably the third most iconic football ground in the country behind the Riverside Stadium and Red Car Athletics Green Lane. And we came back with a bronze award. Matt, you were there. What a night.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a pinch me moment, I think. I think for me in two different ways. So like as a fan of the podcast, who's been a fan of the podcast for absolutely years, it was like, a really proud moment to see you guys win the award and then to like look back and realize that i'm actually a part of that team was like okay i'm pinching myself again so um yeah it's um it's a great achievement it's great to obviously have all the hard work recognized not just from recent times but since you guys started the podcast you're going back to when elliot was on as well so yeah it was a great experience a wonderful night I'm really proud to be a part of the team, and as a fan of the Borough Breakdown podcast, I'm also really proud of you guys too. So yeah, up the Borough oh, Breakdown Matt. podcast.
1: Oh my, love it. Um, yeah, it it was amazing, wasn't it? And and we've got him on here. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it whilst he's on here, but I am so happy for johnny especially because when he sat in his bedroom and he was with his little blue snowball microphone preview in the borough games i don't think he would have thought that we'd get an award so just a massive thank you to everybody that nominated us and that eventually voted for us as well I, I am going to pass the mic over to johnny because if you're watching on youtube he does have the bronze award there with him johnny any words from mr borough breakdown himself
3: well yeah thank you really really good to win the award you know there is. You- all these little bronze award for us. You know, it still hasn't got to my head though, because I can clearly see on YouTube that I'm doing my ironing uh, whilst, uh, whilst uh, you know, I'm chatting to you guys. But yeah, obviously, I didn't see any of the game yesterday, uh, hence why I'm not on. But uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, to everyone, really. I think it was really good when it to win the awards and then obviously, best in championship too, which is kind of like a, a, a nice thing to add to it as well. So yeah, it's a massive thank you to everyone. But also, thank you to you guys. You know, this podcast wouldn't be if it wasn't for all of us. So yeah. Well, thank you very much, everyone. And I'm just going to probably dip out in a moment because unless someone wants to watch me do my ironing for a kind like next 50 minutes, uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't really see much point. You know, people might get a kick out of it, you know, but it's just please st- do, st- <laughs> yeah,
1: please still, do stay.
3: Just still being humble with my ironing, you know, uh, still being <laughs> humble. No, nah, I'm, a, I'm a, honestly like, I was I was like next to the award, being telling one of my big deal. I put it in my email uh header at, at work now that um, I'm an award winning podcast host so. Just pretty much all that, really. Just getting really big headed. So, um, but yeah, absolutely, mid achievement, guys. I'm absolutely buzzing to be honest. So, yeah, I pass the, uh, the the mic back over to you guys.
1: Yeah, it was it was unbelievable, really. And uh, Tom, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted for you that you weren't there. But to be honest, we did add you in the celebratory fours, as you'll soon see in a minute. If you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I do, I do just want to ask from your perspective as well. You were there in spirit. Were you checking the, the Twitter to see whether we'd we'd won Literally that award?
4: Literally every five seconds, um, <laughs> it was sat there. Like me and my girlfriend were watching Gogglebox, and like I'm just like facing away from the TV, refreshing Twitter, going right. why is it not updating anything? I message you guys, and just be like, "That's not even started yet. We're having food," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, God." But then, <laughs> yeah, I had the notifications on. I, w- I was kind of ready for us to be first because we were, f- like, first drawn last year. And then mm-hmm. it was, like, quite a few other ones first. And I was like, when is this going to be drawn? And then it just kind of came out of the blue. I was like, ah, mint, bronze awards. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, like, it, it was meant to see. And I, I just, I had a feeling as well. Obviously, I couldn't go because I online marketing. Week before Black Friday, it would have been horrendous for me at work if I, mm. uh, it, like I, I couldn't get the the time. But I just had a feeling that like, oh, if I don't go, it's gonna be typical that we win it and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or win. Stay something. away
1: next time, and next year, don't go.
4: So yeah, yeah, that, that that's the thing. No, I'm never never going to win awards do again. <laughs> just uh, just gonna sit home and read it on Twitter. But yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing that we've uh, been
3: recognised for it and such a great. Addition in we'll have to just keep bringing Alice, won't we? Like she's just gonna have to. Yeah come to the, uh, <laughs> the event all the time and just to win. People might think it's it's you know it's Tom in a dress, but it's, it's not.
1: You know. <laughs> Tom in a dress.
2: <laughs> That'll definitely win us the award. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. Absolutely brilliant. Again, just a massive thank you to everybody that voted for us. It's an amazing piece of recognition for us. And hopefully next year we could go one better. I am going to kick Johnny out to get, you know, his ironing sorted. Uh, We are unfortunately going to have to talk about the football now. Um, I really hoped that the FCA's win wasn't like the high point of the last week or so, but it it was because Borough went to Bristol City and they, they lost. Guys, let's talk one key takeout. What are your wonky takeouts from the week? Einstein says, uh, missed opportunity. Josh Fickers said, a centre-half in January will be the difference between in and around the top six to mid-table slash bottom half. Greg said, individual errors cost us, shouldn't have lost it, another world goal against us. We'll obviously get on to that. Then Chris on Facebook says, (laughs) I think we can echo these uh, sentiments. I hate Bristol City away. (laughs) Guys, wonky takeout. Matt, I'll start with you. What was your wonky take out from Borough returning from the international break with a defeat against Bristol sea? Uh,
2: That I never want us to return to Ashton Gate ever again. Um, <laughs>
1: and you know
2: what? I, I Just going to that ground instantly just gives me this like, aura of trepidation. And when we went there, I just thought, you know what? It doesn't matter that we, we've we come off the back of beating the league leaders. I always expect the worst when we go to Ashton Gate. I expect there to be chaos Lots of goals. Borough will probably make numerous defensive errors and will always come out on the wrong side of it. And I think it pretty much ticked every single box um, that you'd expect on the Borough go to Bristol City checklist. So um, it was frustrating, you know, I think, especially given the fact that we turned into second half FC again and got two goals and leveled it up. And at that point, I really did think we were going to go on and win the game. Um, but then to go and lose it again with another sort of, you know, it was from a set piece. It was a poor third goal to concede. Just sort of summed up the the game, really. So I think it's it's a sign that we're still working in progress. We've still got problems, especially at the back, especially away from home. Um, and it was just, yeah, frustrating. Dare I say, typical Borough, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. Tom?
4: Well, I mean, me, my key take out this week is that I hit international breaks. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like if if we'd have played Bristol City the week after we um we beat Leicester, we might have still, you know, been on a bit more of a high and kind of carried that into the next game, but. It did feel a little bit disjointed yesterday. It's typical. I feel, I feel like with Borough international breaks, I have go one of two ways. We have we're either losing before it, and then we'll come back with a draw or a win, or then it's the other way around. We're winning before it, and then we'll lose. But yeah, it's uh, it wasn't a fun watch. I think that it, it's made even worse by the fact that like Bristol City clearly like skipped past telly broadcast player cam etc. and went went to Google Earth cam because. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not google earth camp
4: it, it, it was like watching football manager in 2d like <laughs> i just hate <laughs> gates but uh yeah just disjointed the performance yesterday and wasn't particularly enjoyable one and i think we did it to ourselves as well which which is the the thing like to go in 2-0 down at half-time. i was like how have we managed this like i still think we can get something out of the game but they didn't ex- Bristol City didn't exactly do a lot in that first half. I think mm. you no know, Maddo and Mark Drury were commenting on it during the first half, saying how quiet it seems the Bristol City fans were getting on their players' backs at times because they were going backwards and they never looked likely to do anything. And then it just kind of comes out of nowhere towards the second half uh, towards the towards half time. I'm thinking we we've done this to ourselves. I don't know how we've managed it.
1: Mm. I will say that. I think regardless of whenever this fixture was played, I always thought we were losing at Bristol City. There's just something about them in particular that gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like playing them at all. But I think my key take from the week, honestly, is that this is just who Borough are at the moment. And I mentioned it on tease. People say that Bristol City are average, this, that and the other. But I don't feel like we're that much better. I think in terms of our ceiling and our potential, we're probably better than Bristol City. But I reckon, and I hate to maybe put this out there I reckon this may just be a consolidation season of course you don't want to think that and obviously we did beat Leicester last week but I feel like this is Borough we can beat teams like Leicester but then we can go and and lose against teams like Bristol City people say we have to be beating teams like Bristol City and if you want to get up into the top six yeah you should be beating them but I feel like Borough have consistencies within their game and flaws within their game that need massively ironing out And until we see them being ironed out, this is just us, in my opinion. We're going to have games where, yeah, we can beat the league leaders, but then we have games against mid-table teams where unfortunately we, we fall short and I just feel like that is what we are unfortunately which um, is a far cry from my second place prediction pre-season but I'm going to forget that that even happened I never said that it wasn't me it was my doppelganger but yeah uh, Bristol City then we will talk about it in depth because Michael Carrick made one change for the visit to Ashtagate with Emmanuel Latilath coming in for Josh Corburn Tom, how do you think Latilath fared? Because that was his first start in the league since Blackburn away in mid-September.
4: Honestly, I forgot he was on the pitch at times, um, so... and, and, and and that wasn't just because of Google Earth Cam either. Uh, like <laughs> I just I, I didn't notice any any presence up front, and I mean that's not to say like Corbin's been absolutely fantastic or or anything like that because he's done a job in the team. He's not been a standout for me. In in most games he's played, but he's done his job in the team. With Latte a laugh up front, he's he's obviously bringing something different. But we weren't kind of playing to his strengths, and, and you know, getting in behind the defense or anything. So when you're doing that, it just means he's going to be a little bit invisible because, I mean, he's not like a hold up striker. And you know, he, he had a couple of like decent runs and 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 managed to to pass the ball off on, on the edge of the box, but never really. Noticed him getting too many chances to score, and it, it didn't look like we were using him in the way that it looks like you should use Latif.
1: Yeah, I kind of echo that, and I don't think it necessarily helps that at times our midfielders were taking far too long to release the ball. Like the amount of times that Hayden Hackney had it, for example, and Johnny Howson was in front of him for that first time pass to just quicken the tempo because in that first half we were too slow. We were far too slow, far too predictable. I think Bristol City were content in their shape. They were content in the way that Borough would play with the ball because we weren't attacking them, we weren't hurting them, we weren't penetrating that defence. And when you have Latte you need those balls in behind. I feel like you need that quick link-up play, quick combination play. We just didn't have it. But Matt, what was your overall assessment of the game against Bristol City? Because, my God.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I agree with Tom about the, the camera can't stand it i I almost felt like the iss was just going to start floating past the front of the screen i mean there was sea. i already saw seagulls and everything between us and the pitch i think i was going to say like a Boeing 737 fly past. um yeah other than ashton gate um i think it it was a game that personified everything that i guess is is good about borough at the moment but is also bad about borough at the moment you know we can have a really good spell like in the the start of the second half and we were helped let's not let's not you know, beat around the bush. We were helped for both goals, but we can have a good spell um, where we look sharp and we can be on top. And maybe if we had a more prolific striker up front, it might we might it might make the difference in them sort of periods. But it highlighted for me that we are lacking up front still. I think Corbin or Laf can you know they can have the the odd good game here and there, but I feel like we need something extra up front to help with the goals going forward because we simply don't have the ability to outscore teams like we did last season and we still seem to be now and again you know we still seem to have these defensive errors in our game I think Engel missed a header for the second goal obviously Dale Fry Mm -hmm. had probably five of the worst minutes of football you'll see from the (laughs) centre-back at the end of the first half so yeah there was there was good parts of Borough the bad parts of Borough but overall I don't think we deserve to win the game I think the draw would have been an unbelievable result for us and I just hope we can iron out these inconsistencies because you make a good point if we are going away from home to Plymouth conceding three going away to Bristol City conceding three you know how many times are you going to equally score three to get something from the game probably not very often so you might be right it could be a sign that we're just not quite ready to take the step up as yet and it is just another one of them annoying away performances
1: yeah I will add to my, my wonky takeout point I don't think we're a mid-table team I think we are probably more uh, one of those teams that try to get into the top six but just fall short that's I feel like our level at the moment we obviously have different players there's a lot of change a lot of newness that needs to be probably adapted to this to this club so yeah that's kind of what I took from it but Tom Anything to add to Matt's thoughts on the game? What was your perspective on it?
4: So, like I said earlier, I felt like we did it to ourselves. Um, I thought in terms of possession and, and you know attacking their area, we were on top for most of the first half. And the, the atmosphere there was flat. The fans were starting to turn on them. Whenever they went backwards, I, I feel like it was a missed opportunity, but we're just not a first-half team, apparently. You sent over a couple of stats in, in the group chat yesterday, which showed... First half in like a, a table view, we're twenty-four from then second half. We're second. Like I don't know what it is about, like just not being a first-half team and not mm-hmm. starting the game until the forty-fifth minute. But that—that's an incredible stat. It's—it's it's a weird one. I think if we can kind of sort that out and come out firing rather than coming out second-half firing, we might be able to to help ourselves in terms of the results. And it might be a little bit more similar to last year where yeah defensively we might not be great but if we've already scored those goals in the first half then it's going to be a lot harder for the other team to get back into it I think especially if we maintain being the second best second half team but yeah like I just felt there was too many people having an off day yesterday and it it's cost us in those attacking areas and like I say in, in terms of the the defensive stuff end of the second half we did it to ourselves and even the third goal was shocking to concede
1: yeah it was another self-inflicted defeat wasn't it Matt another world he conceded to put Bristol City 1-0 up is it still a case of misfortune uh, Borough being on the end of these or is it a more significant issue maybe owing to Borough's setup potentially I think
2: there's there is a degree of i think have being a little unlucky because how many uh, how often are these you know shots from outside the area going to go right into the top corner so, you know you'd expect a couple of them to go straight in the keeper's arms a couple of them to go flying out for a throw in it does seem like every shot on target from outside the box goes in at the moment but i think yeah you know there's only so long before you've got to start looking or we've got to start looking at ourselves and think that maybe we are contributing to this problem a little bit. I mean, there are some absolute worldies in there um, that you can't really do anything about, but you look back at the goal that John Swift scored against us um, for West Brom, the one against Plymouth um, from range, and obviously the one yesterday as well. I feel like there is a degree that we are allowing players to run at our defence. They've got space to pick out the shot. They're not challenged. There aren't blocks flying in. And I think even if... We arguably are a little bit unlucky, I think, just because of how many we've conceded this season. Maybe we, we need to just say, or the coaching staff need to say, if, you know, if they are going to take a shot, just try and get as close as possible, because whether it's luck, whether it's misfortune or whatever it is, we need to just start stop getting letting teams have shots on goal, because whether it is Borough or not, a lot of them are going in at the moment, so I think we can certainly do more to prevent them. But I think at the same time, you have just got to look at it and think that we have been a little bit unfortunate. So I'd, I'd, I'd say it's a, it's a bit of both. But it's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, you look at the XG and some of the shots that are going in. I mean, you, you just sort of shrug your shoulders now when you see it happen, don't you? It's just like, well, of course. You know, <laughs> that, you know, that goes right, right right in the top bin. And I just sympathise so much with Senny Dieng because he's absolutely helpless in a lot of them scenarios. And and the goals conceded, or I guess the goals prevented from, from his point of view, I don't think... Uh, you know, really sure anything in terms of how how good of a goalkeeper he is. I really do sympathise with with Sunny Dieng, so I'd say it's a bit of
1: both. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think in terms of set setup, I actually do see us operate with a a back five at times. You'll see Isaiah Jones in more of a right wing back position. I just wonder whether he could be shifted in more central to help out Hackney and Housing. Cause I think what Bora are doing and I, and I do get this is they're trying to block out the wings so that the play is in front of them outside the box. Because realistically, when you think of percentages and dare I say XG chances from outside the box typically have a very, very low chance of going in. So I think Borough may be knowingly or unknowingly are, Trying to shift these patterns of play to that central part of the pitch outside the box to maybe limit the the direct threat. Now, unfortunately, we have been on the end of some worldies. I mean, that Andre Dezel goal against us for QPR is probably one of the best goals that I've seen. Unfortunately, it came against us, but I do feel like there's a degree of passiveness And there was when we had bad form at the the beginning of the season. We did change it up a little bit when we went on that run. I feel like we added a bit of aggression into midfield where instead of disengaging, we would engage. And a big theme of yesterday's game was Dale Fry in particular, sitting off, backing off, backing off, backing off. And I feel like when you do that, you are literally giving the opposition player an open invitation to shoot. They are doing that and unfortunately for Borough they're going in so I do I do agree I think there is a there is misfortune to it but then I always think that you can improve certain things I just wish that maybe Housen and Hackney could get help a little bit and what happened quite a few times in that game yesterday turnover of the ball like Sam Green would lose in it keep hold of the ball and then you know the problems won't arise from that. so just
4: to, just to kind just of add sure. on to that as well. I think it was after after the exit game, possibly. Carrick was actually asked about it in in the press conference and they were like, why are we conceding so many like worldies at the moment. Do you put it down to, like bad luck? And he said, no, because there are like phases of play before that that we can look at, mm. identify and think this is where that came from. So it's good to know that they're aware that it's a problem um, and it's something that we could probably work on and cut out, but it doesn't seem like that's happening just yet. It, I think that kind of like leads into something I heard Kieran Scott say on, um, on Tuesday in the interview. He said the plan was to, to sign more permanent players to develop them. And we said this, I think possibly on the last podcast that we did, that this team probably isn't for this season. It's going to be for, Mm. it's probably going to click March or April. And it really kind of ties in with what you just said there about we're a team that's going to come close to the playoffs, but not get there. I think it clicks March March and April personally. And we just miss out and we're like, oh, I can't wait for next season because you know, we, we were playing so well at the end of the season, we've just missed out. In terms of the development, that goes for the defensive side of the game as well. And we're, we're clearly kind of still working on implementing this plan to to stop these kind of, kind of goals and, and stuff. I, I think it's going to be a, a process till we get there. And like I say, I don't think we're going to see the fruits of this until a a couple of months' time at least.
1: Yeah, it is frustrating in the meantime, isn't it? I I don't think we could get away from that. But this is a team that just needs... Developing. I mean, I mentioned last pod as well how young that team was that was on the pitch against Leicester at one point. Like, we had so many people in their early 20s, and with that comes a little bit of naivety. I mentioned it on Tease yesterday. I do feel like there's a naivety in our game, and it probably also comes down to Carrick as well because Carrick instills this game plan where he obviously wants to be, he wants to have more advantages in attacking phases, which is why we have Housing and Hackney engaging in in the attack rather than maybe having one as a, as a sitting midfielder. I like that, but the drawback of it is that when the ball does get turned over, we're immediately chasing, and that's why we sometimes have these situations where there's that tiny gap in midfield where it is just prompting opposition players to run into that space and to shoot. So it's frustrating, but a, a couple of, like a sprinkle of people said on Twitter that this is basically just where we're at, and maybe we're just going to have to deal with it. We have great expectations of Borough based on last season, but maybe we need to to refine that. I've certainly refined mine. I'm not going to tell other people to refine theirs, but I'm, I've refined mine. But Tommy Conway guys made it 2 0 from the spot. It was laugh. Someone called Tommy Conway an industry plant because he seemed to just <laughs> pop up from from absolutely nowhere. Um, Character and TP Blinders, isn't he? <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> Any complaints about the, the penalty that Fry conceded, Matt?
2: I don't think so. No, I think um, it was it personified that spell that Borough had. Uh, and out, out of the blue as well. And it, it does harken back to the argument that we are, you know, in, we're a team in progression. We need to be refined. We're not the finished article. And we went from being in a game that was... Pretty even, I would say. Um, a tight game. Both sides were sort of butting heads a little bit. And then we just had this five minute spell of just absolute chaos. I know they scored an unbelievable goal, but as we've just mentioned, it, it could have been avoided. And I think not long before, Isaiah Jones played an absolutely wonderful through ball. It's a shame he can't do that going the other way. Um, but he played an <laughs> amazing through ball with Tommy Conway, I think, and Dieng made a great save. And, um, and then, yeah, Fry, I think. Arguably, shouldn't have even been on the pitch when he conceded the penalty. I think he was very lucky not long before to have not been red carded for what looked pretty last man when he took down Conway, and that was down to him misjudging. I think he was. I think he tried to latch onto a ball over the top, and he misjudged it. And then he followed it up with with that that challenge, which looked a little bit clumsy. Um, he sort of left a, a dangling lighthouse-like leg out, and um, <laughs> yeah, I think in today's game, I think yeah, you, you've got to say it was a penalty. And if it was if it was gone the other way, we'd certainly be asking enchant for a penalty. So yeah, he was lucky to have been on the pitch by that point anyway. But it just personified that period of the game um, where we went from being in relative control to just absolute chaos you know, and shooting ourselves in the foot and and finding ourselves 2-0 down. So, yeah, I've got no arguments really against against that decision.
1: I'm going to stick with you for this question as well, Matt, uh, because Board did manage to level the game at 2-2. I mean, what an old goal from Zach Viner, by, by the way. Beautiful header, anyway. wasn't it? What was going on there? To be honest, it kind of felt like a whole might be a moment of like before, on the other side of halftime, before halftime, Borough had this calamitous period. And then on the other side of halftime, Bristol City had that calamitous period. Two very, should we say building teams there, epitomised, I would say. But to be honest, when we did make it 2-2, and Matt Crooks scored against Bristol City again for, what was it, the fourth time? And thinking back to last podcast trivia question, it felt... At that point like a lot of people a lot of Borough fans were thinking we were in the ascendancy that we were then going to score again why do you think we didn't go on to take the lead after that
2: I think we didn't make the most of the the brief period of momentum we had I think looking at foot mob I think that we were pretty much on top we had the momentum up until the hour mark and I think there was a period in the game where we had to take advantage they inevitably were going to come back into the game and I think by that point it was it reverted back to the first half a little bit. It was a little bit up in the air. It could have gone either way. I think the any control that Borough had or that they held over Bristol City in that sort of first 15 minutes after the second half had, had gone and we allowed them back into the game. And I think naturally with them being the home side and naturally with it being Borough at Ashton Gate, it always opens up the door to to a potential sucker blow going the other way. So I think Arguably, we didn't take advantage while we were on top. But at the same time, we then went and, um, you know, of the two sides who could maybe drop another defensive error, who could bring out another moment of quality. Unfortunately, it was us who who made the error. And um, after that, we never, we just never seemed like we were going to get back into the game. After that, you know, we had a couple of corners, which as per were absolutely atrocious. Um, I think Silvera's shot, I mean, unlucky hits the post but after they scored there was never really a part of me that that thought we were going to get back into the game I just didn't really see that we had the the level of control that we did at the start of the second half so yeah it was a shame but like I said I think we deserved a point at the very most I wouldn't say we deserved to win the game I think that would have been a a real smash and grab to be honest
1: Mm, I'd agree with that. I think probably one of the biggest disappointments of that game, aside from the defending for me, was our reaction to the attempted recovery, because I did think that we were going to go on and make it 3-2. It felt like we were the team to probably uh, score next, and then that never happened. What did happen, though, is we went 3-2 down, courtesy of a corner. Tom, is there anything Borough, well, there is things that Borough could have done better there what do you think could have been done better to avoid that from happening
4: Ooh, i mean all of this but um for, for me <laughs> <been on>. and, <laughs> for, for, for me off that corner there was just far too much ball watching and i think the the main culprit from that and it's obviously led to the goal was sam greenwood Um mm-hmm. he, he was at the back post How would we say it was who, who scored the, the third again mark sykes mark sykes he goes around the back of him While uh, the ball's coming over, I mean, potentially, you know, Greenwood's thinking Dieng's maybe done enough to tip it it around the post or something, but he does just stand there. He doesn't know where Sykes is behind him, and he does make that kind of arc and run uh, Mm. around Greenwood and gets on the end of it unchallenged. You know, arguably, we, we could have done a little bit better to win the ball off the initial corner. I know Dieng looked like he was going to come out for it, then went back, got stuck in no man's hand a little bit, made a good save to, to kind of recover it. But we've seen it a few times off a few different players uh, this season, the ball watching at the back post and just kind of losing the man off offset pieces or, or or even in open play at times. And that, again, leads into the development argument. We need to get to a point where that's not happening. But it's all about those lapses in concentration, and unfortunately for Greenwood he was the the one who had the lapse in concentration this week.
0: Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Mm. Let's part with that game then. We have obviously just come off the back of an international break and there was news. I'm going to pass the mic over to Tom. Tom, do you want to catch us up with the latest news from the international break?
4: Yeah, well, it was an eventful uh, international break, unfortunately for us, because Daryl Enhan is out for the season. Um, No more
1: bets for you, Tom.
4: Yeah, well, apparently I've been blowing all my money on bets and not being able to (laughs) get to the FCA's, according to Flying (laughs) at the Moon. But uh, no, that couldn't be further from the truth, considering, uh, (laughs) you know, he did actually score, so I um, stopped betting on him, but... um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a blow to to lose Leno. He does offer a lot in the defense in terms of leadership uh, and and your other qualities that he has. Personally, I think he's our best centre back. I don't know your other people's opinion on that. I think there's there's always been a, a case that, that Dale Fry is our best centre back, although I'm I'm sure with how reactionary <laughs> some people can get about football, yep. he's probably our worst and needs to be shipped out now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it is a blow to to lose him uh, for the season with an ankle injury. I you know, heard during the week that there is potential we could be looking at a centre-back in January now just to kind of fill that gap. be interesting to see if McClark gets a a chance at any point as well. Borough could also be looking to recall one of their on loan goalkeepers with Dieng and possibly Glover unavailable in January due to AFCON and the Gold Cup. Who that's going to be, no one knows just yet. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we can kind of speculate on who we'd like to see come back, but Carrick said in the press conference this week, we've got to take development into account as well and what's best for these goalkeepers' development. So, reading in between the lines, you think likes of, say, Solbrin, who's doing really well out on loan, probably isn't going to be the one to come back for a month and then kind of sit in the reserves for the rest of the season. Close one for me, Fly the Moon, celebrating 35 years. Um, as listeners will possibly know, I sell it on, on match days. Uh, so this is a, a great achievement for Rob.
1: Yeah, well done, 30, Rob.
4: 30, 30, 35 years is absolutely fantastic to to keep that going. We've also had a, a big interview, as I mentioned earlier, with Kieran Scott on BBC T's, uh, this week. Um, some key points from that, we're ready to sanction the, the plan for the January transfer window. Borough do have an option to buy in Sam Greenwood's loan, but issues would arise if leads get promoted. Again, reading between the lines of what Kieran Scott was saying there, it sounds like his wages would increase and we'd possibly have mm-hmm. to take him on the same wages or have to get him to take a pay cut by the sounds of it, so... It's uh, It'll be an interesting one to see how that plays out, but it's not as easy as just pressing a button to pay £1.5 million in January and get him <laughs> permanently. Borough want to protect Josh Coburn and see him develop, but we are looking for the right striker in January. And we, as I mentioned earlier, might have to look for another centre-half in January, given Lenahan's injury.
1: Thank you for that, Tom. Um, I just want to pick up on a point on that from the Cameron Scott interview on Sam Greenwood. Would you guys like to see him on a permanent deal, provided various things fall into place for Borough? Matt, do you want to give us your musings on that?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely. Um, I'd like to see Sam Greenwood signed on. I think in today's market, one point five million—it's nothing really, is it? I've really liked his his sort of start to his Borough career. It's a weird one, Sam Greenwood, because he he never seems to put together a perfect ninety minutes. That does any footballer, but I think he he you know there's often periods in the game where maybe like you said it's in fact he's a, a young player maybe a bit of naivety with the goal we conceded obviously yesterday um he, you know he's he is susceptible i feel like to maybe give the ball away at times The decision making sometimes isn't isn't the best he'll hold on to the ball for too long and he'll take a shot when he shouldn't but he always pops up with goal contributions every single time and you just can't ask for any more than that. You know, the moment of magic against Leicester is one that instantly, I think, makes him a bit of a, a hero this season. Um, the, obviously, he won the ball back and assisted Crooks' second goal yesterday, um, or Borough's second goal yesterday. So I think I think you have got a player like that who affects the game, even if it is only as and when. You know, that you've, you've definitely got to to look at that. And he's only going to get better and he's only going to improve as well. So I think the the prospect of the player he might become under Michael Carrick is also quite exciting so yeah I'd I'd definitely action that if it fits within our wage structure and on a little side note you can't not love the way he waves the Borough fans on
1: (laughs) I was was gonna
2: I was gonna try dropping a Macam accent there but I was just gonna make a fool of myself
1: but you can't can't Um, not love that as well don't worry I've done that on the podcast before yeah (laughs) with Sam Greenwood I mean, 1.5 million in football in terms is relatively cheap. I do feel like Borough fans are overrating him, though, I will say, and I take your point completely and agree with it, whereby I think in terms of a 90-minute performance, there are parts of it where he just needs refinement, like his decision-making against Leicester where we broke and Crooks was in and he decided to take a shot himself, which was easily collected. There's some times where I just think that, I mean, he did say when he joined Borough that he likes to shoot from anywhere. So fair enough. You know, he's staying true to what he said. But I just feel like at times you just need to be a little bit more selfless. And listen, he's got four goals in seven league starts, I believe it is. So whilst he keeps the goal contributions coming, I'm not going to complain too much. But I'm not, I'm neither hot or cold. on greenwood. I'm more lukewarm, I would say. So 1.5 million, I would still like to see him join for that much because he's like you said he's got potential Johnny mentioned it on our Down podcast it's just can Michael Carrick bring out the best in him and I think he, he will become better I hope but there's just parts of his game where I'm thinking he just needs a little bit more development so yeah I don't agree with the general opinion that like he's been really 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 good for us I think he's been okay and that's been fine Uh, We're going to park the discussion there and we are going to move on to podcast questions. Don't we love a question? I'm sure you all know where to hit us up if you want to drop a question. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're also on email as well, theboroughbreakdown at homil.com. We've got a question from Matty Carson this week. He says, is it time for Jones to be dropped? His goal contributions have fallen off a cliff and we're struggling going forward because of that. He looked better when he went to right back though which is an interesting one because I actually agree with the last point about him looking better when we went to right back. Uh, Tom, what do you think about that? Is it time for Jones to be dropped?
4: Potentially, and you you could probably look to bring someone like Silvera in to to try and make an impact in that right wing role. It would be interesting to see how he actually does there, though, considering he's been deployed mainly on the left uh, and he likes to cut inside on his right and get a shot off. Um, It'll be a different kind of skill set required for him, but Pretty sure he's he's got the ability to do it. It just means kind of integrating, yet another new signing into the team, and trying to get him to to play that role. I agree that he did look better when he went to right back, but I do think that was part of a tactical plan from uh, from Carrick to kind of overload that right hand side. You had Rogers, Silvera and Jones all in um, all, all with good link up play during that time. Uh, Jones was offering something on that uh, right back that Van den Berg wasn't which I didn't think Vandenberg deserved to be subbed off, but I can kind of see what, what Carrick was doing there. I, I, fe- I felt like there was method to it, and it did nearly pay off for us uh, a few times. So, But like like I say, that looked like a, a tactical change. I don't mind Jones kind of spending a couple of games out of the side and maybe coming on as a sub uh, towards the end of, end of the game. We've got options done, uh, so... <laughs> If if we can put Silvera in there or something, maybe just kind of take the heat off Jones for for a couple of games, and then hopefully he'll come back firing and uh, you know have a, have another positive spell.
1: He just massively frustrates me, Jones. He really does. Like there was a moment yesterday where he put in a good ball, and it was either Maddo or Mark Jury on commentary made a note of it, and I made a note on that that you never hear that often. You never hear, oh, that's a good ball from Jones because they're not. Like simply put, they're not good balls in the box. And there was a moment in the game in the second half where he got in behind um because the ball was played down the flank into space. That is for me where you need Jones to be. You need to play him in, in behind, into that space because and we saw it to be fair, we saw it in his breakthrough season, um, where he had that like soccer AM skill school, as I called it, element to his game where he could Basically, have a, a, a defender, a fullback stood in front of him and he could take it past him. I haven't seen that over the past season and a half. So I don't know. It, it's an interesting one, one with him stylistically. But we just don't have enough depth there. Force is out injured. Yes, you can p- play Silvera there, but Silvera is the type of striker to cut in and shoot. There's been a few shouts for Latte Lath to play there. Not so sure. So maybe looking into January, maybe, if we do want to kick on, We look for another right midfielder or right winger, um, but it is an interesting one. Uh, Next question from Lou. He says, why are we so poor defensively away from home? Matt, do you want to tackle that one?
2: I mean, there could be a number of reasons. I think ultimately the way we set up, the way we play, I think it just leaves us more susceptible away from home when sides are maybe looking to attack a little bit more, maybe looking to, to penetrate us a little bit more. So I think... Ultimately, I think our style of play suits us when we're the home team, and I think it, it maybe doesn't suit us when we're the away side. But equally, I think in a lot of cases we simply don't help ourselves. I think even if the setup was right, and I looked at oh, you know, with the fact that we we pocketed Leicester, you know, two weeks before the interna- mm-hmm. just before the international break, you know, that for me I thought was a a good starting point or a springboard for how we can maybe look to to defend you know going forward obviously every team's different but i thought we were really really solid that day and we did have a run didn't we i think um throughout october was it into november where we were really really good we might have had like four or five games so we didn't concede or three or four where we kept you know back to back to back clean sheets so it's it's there i feel i think it is mostly down to just a bit of defensive naivety and and individual errors which you know, has been the case under Michael Carrick since he come in and I would like to see it rectified but ultimately at the same time I think where we play we look to to attack and play on the front foot and we just don't really have the we don't have the the prolific strikers up front and the goal scoring ability to outscore teams like we did last season so I think we had exactly the same issues last season they were maybe masked because we were outscoring the opposition not so much this year and it's a little bit more exposed so on that it's probably down to the way we play but we certainly do not help ourselves with the the sheer number of individual errors that that we make in games away from home so there's a multitude of factors really that i think will only be ironed out over time
1: yeah our setup isn't wrong like it It's flawed, isn't it? I think we can all we can all say that because of our defensive vulnerabilities, um, or at least our defensive vulnerabilities in moments. And Carrick highlighted that yesterday. We can be on the whole pretty good defensively in games. It's just those split second moments that ultimately prove to be what people react to. So yeah, we're not that far off. And in a a division being so open, I mean, we're what four points off the playoffs. You just you, you never really know where you could go with what you've got, but yeah it, it is frustrating but it's not entirely wrong like it's not to react to this and rip it all it would be that would be wrong little tweaks here and there like I said maybe when we are up against it and out of possession or not up against it but when we're out of possession we can maybe have Jones fill in as maybe more of a right-sided midfielder rather than a right wing back to close the gap centrally uh, I think Sam Greenwood could do a lot better defensively as well tracking back he was good against Leicester but then not so good against Bristol City. So there's there's little little tweaks and Carrick said it after his game uh, after the game yesterday in his press conference that it is just little things could be improved. But shall we dish out some praise? Let's go to the praise in place. I'm going to quote Johnny here and say, "Ah, yes, the praising place. <laughs> this is the place where we praise. Well, anything really, whatever you want, whatever you please." Um, guys, who gets your place in the praising place this week? I'm going to go with Tom. Unleash your praise onto the Borough Breakdown podcast.
4: I only have one this week, and I'm going to say ah. something. Yeah, I didn't really think too many people deserved it yesterday, but I mean. The unfortunate thing for, for Dieng was he made some good saves on probably the high XG chances and then <laughs> had no chance with the the low XG chances, which is uh, frustrating. He deserves better than that. But, yeah, I mean, that, that save off the one-on-one off uh, Isaiah Jones's through ball... <laughs> That um deserves praise in itself. So yeah, I'm gonna go with, with Sandy Dieng for that and probably Johnny's iron, which I can still see in the interview <laughs> at the moment.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm gonna put Johnny's iron in because it seems like he is doing a good job with that shirt. Um Matt, <laughs> who's in your present place this week?
2: It's a nice design shirt, isn't it? Um uh <laughs> I think I think I think the Borough Breakdown podcast has to go in the present place for the, the FCA Triumph, of course. And I would have also went with Senny Dieng, not just because I'm his number one fan and no one will tell me <laughs> otherwise. Um, you know, there were periods where he, he kept us in the game at times. I think especially first half made a very, very good save, as you say, from from Tommy Conway's 1v1. He was unfortunate with the third goal. He made a good save there, but obviously they got the rebound. So it could have certainly been worse. For borough, if Senad Yang hadn't pulled off the saves he did, but I think for variety to maybe put someone else in there, I think I'm going to put Crooksy in there. I think you'll agree, Dana. You are, you are his number <laughs> one fan. I think again, you know, he affected the game in a positive way. Loves a goal against Bristol City, and I think he took his his finish quite well yesterday, putting it into the to the near post. So there wasn't much. Many candidates for the present players, but I think they're probably the two hours I would go for.
1: Yeah, I do love me some Crooksy. I would, I would agree as well, Senni Diang. Um, he's, he's very, very good, but then when you look at the stats, it doesn't reflect so. So I think it would be maybe a bit naive to look at the stats for Senny Diang because from the eye test, he's a bloody fantastic goalkeeper. And, I, you know, I, I was maybe a little bit reluctant to say that he was an upgrade on Zach Steffen, I think it's very safe to say that he is an upgrade on Zach Steffen. So I will put him in there. And I just want to mention as well, I forgot to say this, but for the FCA's, uh Boropolis actually were in the final 10 of their category best content creator in the football league. So I just want to shout them out as well, Nathan and Chris. We we had a good old chinwag um, at the FCA. So well done to them for getting there. Hopefully next year they could go one better. But yeah, prison place got to put in there. Uh Seni Diang. Should we have some uh some good old-fashioned trivia? Test your knowledge because we do play Preston North End on uh Tuesday night. So, what better way to preview the game than to have a little bit of trivia? So, guys, get your little notepads out, and everybody at home, if you're watching, if you're listening in your car. Get ready because we do have a question. It might be an easy question, it might be a hard question. You never ever know. So, are we ready? Are we steady? All ready, all good to go. So, guys, who was the last player transferred between Borough and Preston? You have 30 seconds starting now. <laughs> your time is up. How are we feeling? Are we confident about this one? No. No, I'm not too (laughs) sure, to
2: be honest. I don't know. I
1: thought it would be an easy one. Right, let's see what you've got anyway. Tom, reveal your answer, please.
4: Right, this is definitely going to be wrong if you thought it was an easy one, but I didn't know if we were counting loans as well, and I've gone with Taylor Swift's best mate, Sean St. ledger the original Travis Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Matt who have you gone for?
2: You know what I put two on there and I went with I went with Tom's I wasn't sure if it was a transfer or a loan so I've gone with one of each so transfer I've gone with David Nugent just because I remember him in a Preston shirt but that might have been after Borough I think it might have been so that's probably wrong um and I did go Sean Sean St. Ledger because um Obviously, he goes down as one of as greatest ever centre-backs. So, you know, even if it's wrong, he deserves a shout-out.
1: I actually wrong. can't believe you haven't got this one. You are both wrong. The answer is Darnell Fisher.
3: Ah, yeah, oh. of course. Yeah, Darnell yeah.
1: Fisher recently retired because of that knee injury that he picked up at Middlesbrough, but not technically at Middlesbrough because he was at home. I think somebody fell on his knee imagine that ending your your footballing career. But yeah, Darnell Fisher was the last player to be transferred between Borough and Preston. He joined Borough, I can't even remember when it was, but for about 300k, I think it was. And yeah, didn't make many appearances for us. But he does have that game against Norwich where he followed Todd Cantwell around like a child. So at least he's got that. But yeah, the answer was, in fact, Darnell Fisher. If you got that Um, listening at home very well done if you said short sit ledger like these two you're wrong (laughs) sharpen up on your knowledge anyway we do play Preston North End and because I just knew that we weren't going to get a Preston fan on this podcast I did my own research on them so don't worry Dana's got you covered Preston this season under Ryan Law They either play a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-2-1. They're actually fifth bottom for XG this season per Opta Analyst. Um, So Preston are overperforming their XG, whereas Borough are underperforming it massively. Um, They've managed under one XG in seven of their last 10 games. But we'll caveat that with a 2.2 XG, a 1.13 XG and a 1.76 XG within those 10 games uh, the general consensus though from press and fans is that they're not particularly creative I did have a gander on their fan forums they said another huge issue I've got is we create nothing this is far from the brand we were promised when law came in another one said that all of our threat in that first half against Cardiff um, the last game which they were winning 1-0 until the night fourth minute, I think they kind of equalized, then they scored a ninety seventh minute winner. Um, but yeah, all of our threat in that first half came from the right flank and nothing from the left. So a few people are saying that their setup is a bit lopsided. Uh, Robbie Brady was coming under some massive criticism. He got sent off against Cardiff. They were saying that he should be shipped out, which is interesting because he was one of their star performers last season. I actually had him in my championship fantasy team. He probably is still in there this season, so I need to get rid of him, but I haven't looked at it for ages. But they average two passes per sequence. So, in terms of style, They're not typically a patient build-up team like ourselves. Uh, They've managed just 12 attacks this season from open play that involve 10-plus passes. Compare that to Borough's 40. Uh, They are a decent precedent side, though, accruing 117 high turnovers, and they only allow the opposition, on average, 12 passes before the action so I feel like they'll want to win the ball quite high up um, and then try to capitalize within the immediate aftermath uh, of winning possession so that's one thing to look out for from a stylistic point of view guys Preston North End then I want to hear your memories what's the first thing that comes to your heads your minds uh, when you think of Borough against Preston Matt hit me with it
2: I think it's got to be was it 5-0 last season was it 5 Or four, four, nil, five, nil. Four. Um, that was one of them games where you you just look back and you see Archer and Akpom and you think, wow, you know, we had Mm. some finishes in that team. So I think, um, that's a memory I always think of. I don't really have many positive ones. I'm going to lie about, uh, not going to lie about away from home. Obviously, we got absolutely spanked by them on the final day, didn't we? Was it under Mm. Wilder? Yeah. So yeah, my, um, my memories of Preston aren't exactly that positive. So I'm just going to, reminisce on that wonderful display of finishing that I think might have put us like 3-0 up or 4 up by half time last season which was absolutely wonderful so I'll go with that.
1: Tom?
4: Ooh, I've got a few Um, the nil all draw at the start <laughs> of the promotion season <laughs>
1: yeah
4: uh, I was expecting so much from that game and it just didn't. Till debut
2: that was. Yeah, yeah it,
1: you know, it was.
4: I also have I think Dan Rose sat with you at the Riverside for a, a midweek game against Preston where I think Sol Bamber had an absolute mare and then we, we end up I think we lost. Um, oh yes. It was yeah, like one yeah. of Wilder's first ones. Um, yeah, no,
1: I remember that because Emil Reese scored, didn't he? And yeah. we were pissing about with it in the box for some reason. And Emil Reese nabbed it off us and scored. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, good grief. <laughs>
4: And then my last one is going to Preston away last season and seeing Emil Reese nearly take the net off right in front of me after oh. uh, after Akpon had already scored. Um, you know we've been linked with him before. but uh, if you fancy spending some money in January to bring in the striker, him,
1: mm. he's crocked. But yeah,
4: I mean if we are yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if he's crocked, that might take a few million off his value.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, get him striking whilst the iron's. Not hot. Well, yeah, I think the first the first thing that comes into my head, I'm pretty sure it was Preston. Johnny is still in the stream, so I might be able to confirm. Was I'm pretty sure that was the game where we went on at the pitch before the game. For I can't even remember why we were on the pitch, but we gave the, the referees thumbs in up. We gave the we got the ball matched ball, whatever. We're on the pitch, and then we walked off. And for some reason something came over my dad, right? And he turned around to Paddy McNair at this point and he goes give it to him Paddy <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I'm like I'm doing it and my, my darling Marcus Tavani is next to Paddy and um, we're all turned into hooligans I think it was me and me my dad and Elliot and Johnny was there looking at us like what the hell are these absolute freaks on the pitch get them off I think that's probably, probably one of the one of the standout memories from Preston I can't even remember that game I can't remember anything about it but that. But yeah, that's probably, that's probably the the memory from uh Bora Preston at home. But any predictions, guys? What you're going for? Tom's better the week. What what's what's hip and happening? Matt, do you want to predict the future?
2: Yeah, well, um, I was gonna wait on Tom's week. because obviously as we know, that's one hundred percent success rate. Should we do should we do should we do
1: guaranteed, we do to, we do Tom guaranteed then,
2: millions? Tom?
4: Yeah. I mean, Tom
1: gives
4: you better of the week then. I, as I always say, don't bet on what I bet on because it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> it took like a year <laughs> and a half for Lennant to score or something like that. So um, I'm still... Well, you know what? I can't even back Engel anymore if he's injured. So mm. you know, Bangura then. Yeah, probably Bangura to get his first Borough goal. In fact, no, I'm going to switch back to my other one, Van Den Berg, because I always think he's going to score off a corner. He's always towering over everyone. So And it'd be typical if he could score against his brother's old team all mm. lone team so yeah van den Berg to score uh anytime and then just build the bet up the corners or something I don't know but um <laughs> yeah in in terms of like uh, an actual prediction though it's actually more scary to me that you've listed all the games they have very low xg in now because they're going to score about yeah. three free world these bastards oh, absolutely um, yeah so it's actually scarier <laughs> than a team with high xg at the moment so um <laughs> yeah
1: it is <laughs> oh god.
4: I'm I'm gonna go to one borough and Preston probably score from the halfway line or something. Emil, Emil Raisel limp out on one leg and rocket in
1: uh, <laughs> Ricochet's off his um oh my god, what are they called? Crutches. What are they called? What quiches? Thanks, Tom, <laughs> for being my one additional brain cell there. We could tell that we're ending the podcast soon. Um <laughs> Matt, what's your prediction for the game?
2: Well I was I was gonna actually predict a a comprehensive, comfortable Borough win, mostly because we've got Leeds next after that, and that that Mm, game terrifies me. But then listening to the XG point that Tom makes, it's absolutely 100% typical Borough that we get battered 3-0 by Preston with an XG of Uh, (laughs) 0.02. And then we go and nick a 1-0 win over Leeds when they have an XG of about 10. So... (laughs) I don't I, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, I'm just going to look at this as is an isolated game. I am going to stick with my um, my prediction. I th- I'm confident at home. I think Borough will win 2-0. Clean sheet, why not?
1: We've only got two wins against Preston in our last six games against them, I'm seeing here. So, that, are they, could we say that they're a bogey team over the past... Well, obviously not because of uh, last season's 4-0 victory. We probably ended that, didn't we? But... Ah, they're a bit of a difficult one, Preston. I always feel like they're about two seconds away from launching Ryan Law out of Deepdale, and um, they're feeling like Ryan Law in out in out shake it all about with Preston fans. I'm gonna go with we're at home out. We saw of home advantage. I want to go clean sheet. I'm gonna go two go 0 Middlesbrough. And I don't know who scores. I don't care. (laughs) I'm going to say 2-0 Middlesbrough. And hopefully we do actually bounce back from the defeat against Bristol City because we do need it. But anyway, that's it, guys. Thank you very much for joining me and thank you to listeners for joining us as well. If you are watching us on YouTube, we are 60 subscribers away from hitting 2,000, so make sure to hit that subscribers button and the notification bell so that you get informed when we do post uh, a new video and review us on all the lovely reviewing websites that there are out there if you're listening on the podcast apps as well. But yes, Borough Lose against Bristol City. And in other news... Water is wet. That was the Borough Breakdown podcast, and you've just listened to all of your Bora match day chatter in a pod. Up the Borough Breakdown.